0: Hello and welcome back. My name is Katie Shepard and this is the AHA Homeschool Podcast. In the last episode, I talked to you about the, the title of the episode rather was, you know, stop trying to figure it all out. And um, I kind of want to build on that in this episode. And I want to talk to you about stop trying to do it all. And I know talked about that a little bit in the last episode, but this is a topic of conversation that came up with at least four different friends of mine in the last week and, or last two weeks, I should say. And it's a topic that, um, that I struggle with sometimes as well, because there are so many good resources. There are so many good things we can do as homeschool moms, there's so many good curriculums. And then, you know, we start to, we start to pick the ones we want to do. And then, you know, sometimes I hear at least the voice in my head that says, well, like, you know, if they were, if they were in public school, they would get, they would get art and they would get music. And, you know, what are you doing to check those off? And what about electives? Are you offering them like the same offerings? You know, and, and I, I start to get stuck in that trap of comparing myself Um, in my school, my time educating my children to what, um, what they could be getting in a public school. And I have to remind myself that God has called me here to teach my children. Um, He has not called me to compare, right? Comparison is the thief of joy. Um, And, and, you know, and, and we see in Romans and in 1 John that, you know, we're, we're told do not be conformed to the world. So I don't have to do everything they're doing in public school or have all the same offerings they're offering in public school um, because I don't, because the Bible tells me, Scripture tells me to not be conformed to the world. Um, And, and you know, we see many times throughout Scripture, Proverbs, Exodus, you know, don't follow the crowd. It's okay Go a different direction if that's where God is calling you. And so then a lot of us moms went through the traditional public schooling system, right? Many of us weren't homeschooled ourselves. So it's very hard when we think of school to think of anything other than what our experience was. That's normal for humans, right? If a child grows up in uh, very loving family with you know parents who stay married and are very you know loving. Then that becomes their definition of family, right? Whereas there are other children who grow up with very different experiences, and their definitions of family are different. So for those of us who went through public school system, um, which is many of us, we are the definition of school in our heads is what we experienced. That's totally normal. But what I hope to help you do, and really in talking to you, I hope to help me do this too, because it's something I still struggle with, is to to break up with those, those barriers and break up with those definitions and break up with that idea that that is what school is. Um, so the conversation I had with multiple friends in the last week or two was, um, how do I, how do I figure out a schedule or it, it feels like to get everything in, we'd have to do school for like a really long time or something along those lines. And so what I want to tell you first is what I was just saying is that remember that you're not a public school and that the boundaries that public schools have to operate within, right? Because they they have to start at a certain time and end at a certain time. And they have to, kids have to get on a bus to go home. And there are, there are boundaries that public schools have to operate within in order to function. Um, you're not a public school. And you can erase every single one of those boundaries and draw your own, which might be the scary part. Right? Sometimes it's really really easy to operate within a set of boundaries. You know, when you think of of just, you know, traffic on the highway. When when we operate within boundaries, it's easy. We understand the rules and we we drive and we follow the rules and and it works, right? But then as soon as you're given no boundaries, it's a little scary and and within your home is different than obviously being on a highway with hundreds of other people and their choices and their decisions. But what I'm saying is sometimes when we when we operate within boundaries, sometimes it's really easy for us to just, okay, these are my boundaries and I operate within them. But when you're given something where you can create the boundaries, where there is no edge, it's a little scary because especially when we're educating our children, because you start to have those doubts that what if I get it wrong? What if I don't draw the boundaries, right? What if I don't do this or do this or do this, right? So first of all, I need you to remember that you're not a public school and you can erase all of the boundaries that a public school would operate within. Um, Second, I want you to really think about, and really remember, and really kind of focus on that your children are not robots, all our children, no one's children, children are not robots. Um, And I really honestly feel that the public school system attempts to, attempts to get our children to operate in a very robot-like state. And what I mean by that is they are, you know, they they have to get on the bus at a certain time. And then when they get off the bus, they're only allowed to do X, Y, and Z until the bell rings. And then when the bell rings, they automatically are required to switch their brain to language arts. And then they get, you know, 45 minutes for language arts. And then when the bell rings, they're automatically required to switch their brain to math and to be in a functional math space. And then when the bell rings and, and so on and so on and so on, and they're they're required to operate within these very strict boundaries. Um, their brains are required to operate within these very strict boundaries. And I don't think that's how our children were created. And I would even go as far to say that that is 100% opposite in how their brains actually operate. I mean, can you think about like you as a mom, right? If someone said like, okay, you have to start laundry every morning at 730 and you need to do it for an hour and a half. And then when that is over, you instantly have to switch to start prepping for dinner, but you only have 45 minutes. And then when dinner is done, you ha- you're required now to do this. And then you have so many minutes. And when that's over, you have to switch gears and then you have to do this. Even our adult brains don't work that way. And we are asking, when we send children to school and they have to operate within a system and a system that I don't I mean, I don't really think we can blame the schedules of school on any one person or any one teacher or any one principal. It's it's the nature of the beast, right? Like in order to educate that many children at that level, there has to be some sort of order and some sort of system. However, I think when we send kids to school, we're actually asking them, we're asking their brains to do things and to function at a level that even adult brains could not do day in and day out for twelve years. I just I just don't think our brains are designed to do that. And I think by forcing our brains to do that and forcing our children's brains to do that, we actually cause a lot of problems developmentally and mentally for our children. I think we cause anxiety and all kinds of other things um, when we force them to operate, in a way that they weren't created to operate in. So our children are not robots. Um, And I think when you can start to think of it that way, you can see homeschooling in a different light. Your kid might not need 30 minutes every day to do math. Or they might. Your kid might not need an hour every day to work on their writing assignment. When we do writing in our house, um, we are on like a a four day a week curriculum, the way we do writing. Um, We use a fantastic curriculum that I just would highly recommend to everyone um, from Institute and Excellence in Writing. And we're, we're on a four day a week schedule sort of with IEW. And we don't always stick to that. But for the most part, um, the first two days are, are sort of outlining and getting and learning new vocabulary and learning the idea and um, practicing new style techniques and grammar techniques. The third day is a rough draft day and the fourth day is a final draft day. So in the course of those four days, the only day that takes more than 10 minutes is the rough draft day. Um, So the day they write the rough draft, writing is more like a 30 to 35 minute subject. Um, But the other days we maybe get writing done in in 10 or 15 minutes. And there are exceptions, of course, there are days people don't want to or, you know, need breaks or those kinds of things. But you don't need to have a set amount of time for every subject every day. It's going to be different and there is no magic time either right um like with that with that writing example that i just gave if i said you had to do writing every day for 30 minutes in order to be a good writer that would be that that's a that's a that's a logical fallacy in your thinking right because some days it could only take 10 minutes on on the third day of our curriculum, they write the rough draft. So on the fourth day, really, it's just it's going through the edits that mom has given them. It's correcting their paper and it's typing it up. So that isn't going to take as long as some of the other days. Um, so this idea that you need a certain amount of time every day in order for your kids to learn something is it's just, it's, it's a public school boundary and you, you can live without, you can live outside of that. You can live without that. Um, I'm in a homeschooling group on social media and a woman asked a couple weeks ago, she said, okay, she said, I've, I've got all the core subjects for my daughter. You know, we've, we've ordered all the curriculum. she said, but my daughter is really smart and she goes through everything really fast. And she said, I think she's only going to be doing doing school for a couple hours a day. She's like, so I need some ideas for electives so I can fill up her day. And I instantly thought, Oh no, that's no, that's not why we homeschool. Not even a little bit. Your goal, your job as, as homeschool mom, as homeschool teacher is not to just fill up your kid's day. Um, if your children can check off, you know, the this the the assignments um for you know the core subjects in a couple hours, then let them be done. Let them go outside, even if they're in high school. Even if they're in high school, this I still do this with my high schooler. Let them go outside. Go. My high schooler has taken to making a journal of tree identification all solely on her own had it was it was an interest she had and I helped her dig I helped her figure out how to dig into it but she is doing all the digging into it and all the learning all on her own um and she's she's learning tree identification and she loves it but you know what if I had been filling up her day just for the sake of filling up her day she never would have had time to dig into that so when we fill up our kids' day, we do them a huge disservice. Is it good to add in electives? Absolutely. If there is something your kid is interested in, um, add in the elective, right? Um, a friend of mine, her daughters very much want to learn sign language. so she's gonna she's gonna add in that as an elective for her daughters to learn because they're they're asking for it and they're interested in it. It wasn't her saying I need things to fill up her day or their day. It was them coming to her and saying like I'm really interested in this. Can we can we please learn this? And so there's a difference in that, right? Cuz we want our children to have things that they're they're interested in. But it is not our job to fill up their day. There is no magic number of hours that equals, quote, good learning or a good student or a quote good education. Those things are all um subjective and impossible to define. And a, a good a, quote, good education is different for each person. So please, please, please stop trying to just fill up your day. I would actually argue to make the day as minimal as possible. Get done. Absolutely do the core subjects. Expose your kids to things, right? We have this amazing opportunity while we homeschool within the walls of our home to expose our children to so much of the world, to Biology and to botany and to physics and to chemistry and to math and to writing and to literature. Absolutely expose your kids to as many things as possible, but don't don't let it take as many hours as possible. Give them free time, allow them to be bored, allow them to explore um, who God has created them to be and the interests and the gifts that God has given them. Give them space and time and with. To grow in that. Um, along with this, this topic of stop trying to do it all, one big question I've had um, that I've talked through uh, through this with a couple friends is scheduling um, your day, scheduling your subject, scheduling your week, months, and even like school year on a bigger picture, and it's tricky again because we all focus we all function, our brains at least function within these boundaries that the public school gave us that you do every day. You do math and you do reading and you do writing and you do um science and you do history and um you don't have to do those subjects every day. Now I would argue that there are certain subjects that are skill subjects. Right there, there are are like skill subjects, and then there are knowledge subjects. Um, The skill subjects: math, uh, handwriting, spelling, writing. Obviously, depends on the age of your children. Um, Those are skill subjects. So when you're when you're talking physical skills, you know, like when you're teaching your third grader cursive handwriting, those are things you should be doing with a degree of consistency mostly every day ish. Um, I never say every day because that's not, that's not realistic for homeschool. Um, because there are days where you get up and you go on a field trip and that's learning and that's living life and that's experiencing the world that God has given us. And on those days you, you might not be doing cursive, right? But every day ish, it, you should be doing the subjects that are the the skill subjects. But then there are other subjects that are knowledge subjects. And um, we don't, our job is not to cram knowledge into our children's heads. Our job is to facilitate them learning about the world we live in, how God designed it, and the history of the world we live in and how God designed it. And um, our job is to expose them to science and to history and to literature that will get them to think, that will help them assess the world they live in and make their own choices and make their own decisions. And I would say that sometimes they need space just to think about something for a couple of days don't you i mean i certainly do when i when i hear something maybe that i'm not sure if i agree with it or not or um i read something that was just very profound or very you know you you read a fiction book and you you meet a character and you just really love who that character is and what they stand for sometimes i need a couple of days to to think about that and to chew on that. So if I as an adult need that, then most definitely my children need the same thing With because they're operating within brains that are underdeveloped because their brains don't fully mature until they're 25. So it's okay sometimes to cover something slowly and again, not fit within the boundaries of what we know as is school in our minds right um so the skill subjects obviously in order to build a skill you have to do it with some degree of consistency but then there are other subjects and and you could rotate those things those things don't have to be done on a daily basis um and i just wanted to give you a couple of ideas and different ways to to rotate your schedule different ways to maybe think outside the box. So one, um, one friend of mine does, I believe she does all, she does history in the fall and then like science in the spring, or maybe she does it the other way around. I can't remember. And so she, she covers all their history in the fall and then all their science in the spring. And so instead of having to do history and science every day, they do just focus on history, and then and in, in they get it done with, and then in the spring, they just focus on science. That, they have found, works great for their family. Still, again, still working on the core subjects, but not necessarily doing every subject every day, because our, our brains, remember, our brains and our children's brains are not designed to switch gears every 45 minutes. Um, sometimes, it's really good to let our kids just get lost in history or just get lost in science and allow them to really soak it in and absorb it up without saying like, okay, science, you know, our 20 minutes for science is over, we're gonna switch now and your brain now is required to switch to another subject. Um, Another idea is to have a rotation where you decide that for the whole school year, you're going to do science two days a week and you're gonna do history three days a week. Or maybe you only do four days of school, which I know is very common with many homeschoolers. So you're going to do history two days a week, and you're going to do science the other two days a week, and that's that's what you're going to do for the school year. That way, again, you're allowing your child's brain to really just sort of immerse in a subject instead of forcing them to switch between those that, that science and that history. Um, and you and I'm I'm using science and history as an example. You obviously could add in um, music history or art history. Or a foreign language, um, any sort of electives, right? You don't have to do all those things every day. Another idea is loop scheduling. Um, I'll do my best to to explain this well, but you can always search for a loop. You know, a loop homeschool schedule. I know Sarah McKenzie talks about it in some detail in her book Teaching from Rest, which if you have not read, you need to read it. Um, but a loop scheduling is where you have maybe four subjects, three or four subjects that are on, on your loop schedule. So say on your loop schedule, you have a science, history, art history, and you have writing. And so you're not, what, what you're doing in a loop schedule is you're saying, I am not going to get to those four subjects every day of the school year, but I want to do each of those four subjects well. So on Monday you start and you get through subject 1 and 2 and 3 because Monday was short lessons everybody's brains were good you know it was a good day and then on Tuesday you get to your you've already you look at your loop schedule you've already checked off 1 2 and 3 so on Tuesday then you start with subject number 4 in your loop and maybe you only get through 4 and 1 you then when 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 you finish your your list of four, you go back to the top and you do number one again. And then Wednesday, maybe you only get through subject number two because everybody started digging in and you were doing a project and the learning was going great, and it just it just felt like you should just stick with it. And so what you do is you have these four, three, four, whatever subjects that you loop throughout the week. And you set aside a certain amount of time. You say, we are gonna loop, do our loop schedule, for an hour and a half every afternoon. And whatever you get through, you get through. And whatever you don't, you put to the top of the next day, if that makes sense. Um, like I said, Sarah McKenzie explains this probably in greater detail and far better than I did in her book, Teaching from Rest. So that is an option. Loop scheduling is an option. Um, you know, I have friends whose Husbands, you know, leave and go to work while they're homeschooling their children. But their husbands, like r- one husband really loves science. He's like a science person. So their their family does science one or two nights a week with dad. And then they like do experiments on the weekend. That's, that's still doing science. And then they don't do science ever during their day. Um, and it can be... As open-ended as you want it to be. I have another friend whose son has, um, some attention, you know, issues and really has a hard time focusing and she, but, but he also needs consistent breaks, right? He needs time to, um, He needs time to have downtime from school and have the breaks. And one idea her and I were talking through was maybe you do year-round school and you only do school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you always have Tuesdays and Fridays off. That's an idea too. So there are lots and lots and lots of options where you can adjust your schedule, where you can be creative, where you can look at the boundaries that a public school would operate within and say, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do something different. You don't have to do uh, every subject every day. You are not a public school. You do not have to have a, there isn't a required amount of time. You have to do math every day. It's about, did your kid get it? Did they get it fast? Can you move on today? Do they need more time? Okay, take it. It's about actually teaching our children where they're at, meeting them where they're at in every single subject and giving them time and space and width to absorb it, to process it, to chew on it, to think about it, and not requiring them to constantly switch gears when we're ready for them to switch gears. And now obviously some of that happens a little bit, right? It's our job to keep them on task. <laughs> and there's some things we need to get through. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you with this episode, I hope, to stop trying to do it all. You don't have to do art history every day or or, or music history every day. You don't have to take leave the house even. You don't have to leave the house every day. You can stay at home sometimes. Um, You don't have to do all of the music lessons and the dance lessons and the swim lessons and the sports. You can say no to those things if they don't bring your family joy. If it's not a a schedule that allows your family to, to grow and to learn on the pace that your family needs to grow and learn at. So I hope my prayer is that I have encouraged you to not follow the crowd, to not be conformed to this world, to look at the schedule that a public school has set for school and know that you do not have to operate within that schedule. And actually know that operating within that schedule is probably not what's best for your kids. It's okay to be flexible. It's okay to not get to every subject every day. It's okay to cancel a few subjects every day. It's okay to do only history for a month and then only science. It's okay to do science only through field trips or history only through field trips. If you live in amazing places with amazing museums, why not? It's okay to think outside the box. Because your job is to point your children to Jesus in all things. Your job is to help them have a relationship with their creator. Your job is to expose them to this amazing world that God has given us and that God has given them. And your job is to teach them about history and math and writing but within how their brains operate. And there are thousands of ways to do that, that are not what the public school does. So I pray that you take this and you look at your children and you're really able to think outside of the box and do what your children need so that they can grow and learn. Um, within the way God has created them. Have a great week. Bye-bye.